the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here alongside the good sir Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Feed the Noise podcast. And Denver finally got their guy as uh, Aaron Rodgers in that world, uh, you know, finally had its last episode, its last turn, if you will, as he signed, uh, allegedly signed, and according to him, it was in air quotes, a four-year extension with the Green Bay Packers, making him the highest-paid player in the NFL at $200 million in totality. Um, And people in Denver are like, oh, ho-hum. And then just about an hour later, the bombshell dropped and Russell Wilton Wilson was traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos for a slew of draft picks, uh, along with Noah Fant and Shelby Harris as well, uh, to get one draft pick kickback in return. And, of course, we saw a uh, titanic shift in the line movement for the Denver Broncos. So you had about that hour window. You got extraordinary value on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl uh, as it ballooned up to 25 or 26 to 1 in some of the books. And then the Wilson news hit, and that line immediately shrunk back down uh, after it was sitting at 16 to 1. And now it stands at 12 to 1, Lundy, for the Broncos to hoist the Lombardi Trophy in Glendale, Arizona at this year's Super Bowl with the conference title odds, of course, even smaller than that. Uh, Buffalo at 3 to 1, Casey at 4 to 1, and Denver the third best odds at 7 to 1. Still any value in your estimation on that line? You know, Wilson coming off a down season for him. The advanced analytics were largely unsightly. QB 28 adjusted completion percentage, QB 24 deep ball completion percentage, but healthy and probably reinvigorated now, leaving Seattle, and uh, he seemed to be at odds with the front office there. There was some disgruntledness, so he can be begin anew in Denver and maybe have a renewal much like Peyton Manning did in his swan song of his career. So what are your general thoughts here about the Broncos, the Super Bowl? You're right there in Denver, man. You got to be ecstatic. Well, I mean, obviously it's 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 fun. Uh, it's good news. I'll tell you this. I don't see a huge value in the futures at this point, but that's also because if I'm going to tie up my money, you and I've talked about this on yeah. the pod before, I expect some of the bigger numbers. What's really fun to me uh, first of all, uh, this is me uh, over the podcast where you can't see me holding up my hand saying uh, I've been saying I wanted Russell Wilson for two months uh, to this damn team. So thank you, George Payton, for pulling off exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, but here, there's still some holes here, Brad. I, Noah Fant is the most loved and hated guy on this team over the course of the last couple of seasons because people have said, oh, it's great. We get this big tight end. And then there's also people that criticize him because a strong wind coming off of Mount Evans will blow him down Um, (laughs) that, you know, they just didn't see any yards after contact, anything like that out of this guy, which I I think is kind of a poor narrative because you're talking about a dependent position and look who's been throwing him the ball for the last couple of seasons. But I digress. They've got to be able to figure out what to do at tight end. There are good tight ends available in the free agent market. I think that's probably where George Payton's going unless he's got his eye on somebody that he thinks he can get with one of those later draft picks that he's got. They still need to fix right tackle. Um, They need some depth. Uh, The defense is good, but they need some depth um, to be able to help themselves out because you know injuries happen. So all in all, I don't see a ton of value in the futures because of how much it has come down. And I still think there's a couple of keyholes they need to fix. But the fact that they were able to pull off this trade, Brad, without giving up Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, or Tim Patrick – you are handing Russell Wilson three very talented receivers. Yeah, I still like Albert O, too, uh, to fill those shoes to Noah fan and come in and, and play 
uh, spark plug role at the tight end position. But you're right. They probably will add depth via the draft, via free agency. But the Russell Wilson era in Denver about to begin, also about to begin in college basketball is a Big Ten Conference tournament. Uh, Lundy, Purdue plus 135 to cut down the nets in Indianapolis on Sunday. Iowa at plus 350 by Line there at 2-1 odds. Uh, Wisconsin 7-1, Ohio State 10-1, Michigan 10-1. And Rutgers, who is the number four seed, at 13-1. Any surprises or you feel this is going to be straight chalk? Uh, no, I, I'm still going with Iowa. Um, yeah. I, that's, that's my pick. Um, Brad, when it first came out, they were closer to plus 600. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but I think I got them at either plus 550 or plus 600 before it came down. So clearly everybody was jumping on the Hawkeye bandwagon. Um, but I'm about Iowa. I mean, it, you, they lose that game to Illinois to finish out the regular season, but they only lost by two. It was on the road, hostile environment. And prior to that, weren't they eight and one in their previous nine? Uh, yeah, they were. I mean, they're eight and two in their last 10. And if you sort at Bart Torvik since February 1st, only Gonzaga has been better than them in overall efficiency in the country. And here's the kicker. Look, we know that Fran McCaffrey's offensive sets are gorgeous, right? They're some of the the most fluid, some of the most efficient sets in all of college basketball. But this Hawkeyes team is defending. They're number 32 in the nation adjusted defensive efficiency over their last 10 games. That's a very encouraging sign. This Iowa team may be better than the the, uh, Luka Garza team of last year. I, I don't I don't know how you can I, look. I know you can go chalk. I know you could. You could look at Purdue. They're a good squad. I just don't know right now how you can't ride the heater that Iowa's on. Yeah, I don't know how you. I, 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 I would I would totally do it, especially even right now at four to one. I think that's really good value for this week for a team that even like you just said, we talked about the eight and two, and one of those was the was the end of the year against Illinois. That's uh, the State Farm Center is not an easy place to go play. Um, and, and, and Illinois had a lot to try to play for in that game. I really, I think Iowa is the team that I would ride. Now that said, you and I are probably screwed. They're going to somehow lose their first game. <laughs> no, I doubt that, but you never know with the Hawkeyes and Mount Fran always bubbling under the surface. And with that, let's get into it here on this hockey hump day edition with another fade five. Number five. All right, Lenny, let's drop the puck and make some bucks. What do you got for me tonight on the ice? Tonight sucks, Brad. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday there were 11 games on the schedule. So because of that, tonight we only get two, hmm. uh, which, which really sucks. It means I'm actually going somewhere completely different when we get to bonus time. But there is a game that I do like, and that's Vancouver at home. Uh, they're taking on the lowly Montreal Canadiens, who every now and then will jump up and bite someone, just like Arizona managed to do yesterday, scoring nine goals, which, by the way, is the first time in the history of the Coyotes since they moved from Winnipeg that they have scored nine goals. That was absolutely insane. I don't know what the hell got into their uh, pre, uh, pre-puck pre drop meal, but whatever it is, they need to eat it again. Uh, let's go with Vancouver. We're going to take them in regulation because that's going to manage to bring the number down for us because Vancouver's a pretty heavy favorite. Vancouver in regulation at a minus 125. Since uh, Bruce Boudreau, easy for me to say, um, <laughs> has uh has taken over uh they have been uh, a much better team they're on a they're in the in the conversation to get one of those final playoff spots um and over the course of their last nine they're seven two and oh um so this uh, canucks team needed some kind of a shakeup. they did it with the guy behind the bench and it is paying dividends i'll take vancouver at home in regulation again at DraftKings at minus 125 make some cash 
with the coup. Number four. All right, let's go to the National Basketball Association. And uh, this one, I had to rub my eyes because I could not believe uh, what I was seeing on my screen. I pulled this one from DraftKings Sportsbook. It is juiced up a little bit on the over at minus 125, but not enough of a juice there to push me away. That is Amonis Sabonis. Uh, formerly the Indiana Pacers, now the Sacramento Kings, taking on the Denver Nuggets tonight. And I am firmly on the over. And I think this is sledgehammer worthy on 17 and a half rebounds plus assists, Lundy. Uh, here's what Sabonis has done against the Nuggets this season in two different uniforms. Uh, three games in total. Uh, back on February 26th, 23 rebounds plus assists. On February 24th, 19 rebounds plus assists. And then back in November on the 10th, 21 rebounds plus assists. Uh, on top of that, he has been over this threshold in nine of his last 11 games. That's all 11 games as a member of the Kings. Yeah, the uh, Denver Nuggets have allowed the fewest rebounds per game in the NBA this season in their middle of the pack in assists per game allowed, but you can't shy away from the recency bias and the history against this team. So, Demonis Abonis slamming the sledgehammer on the over 17 and a half rebounds plus assists in his fourth go around against the Nuggets minus 125 at DraftKings fade or follow uh following on this one I, this is one of my favorite player props actually I, yeah. I'm with you on rubbing your eyes uh, and wondering exactly what uh is up with this particular <laughs> line crazy. I had this I had the same reaction speaking of guys that have sa- changed teams uh CJ McCollum's PRA last night was 33 and a half mm. Brad mm. 30 did he, he get scored, in points? He scored 32 yeah. for crying yeah. out loud. I was say. Uh, that was one uh, that I featured on the TV show because I said, this is just weird. Like it, it's, it's almost like somebody at the book just pressed the wrong button on the keyboard. Uh, that's what it felt like to me when I saw that number. So I jumped on it right away. This is another one uh, that I noticed this morning getting ready uh, to look at the NBA action tonight. Um, obviously my show here in Denver is on before the Nuggets game. So one of the first things I do is go look for the player props in that particular game. And this one jumped out at me. This is, I think this is absolutely sledgehammer worthy. Yeah. Break it out, baby. And drop it on the over 17 and a half rebounds plus assists with Sabonis. Number three. All right, let's go to the Patriot League Conference Tournament Championship game. Who will punch the ticket? Is going to be the Navy Midshipmen or the Colgate Raiders? Uh, truth be told, on the money line, it's going to be Colgate. But I'm going to take Navy to cover here now at plus seven, Lundy. In the regular season, in the two bouts between these two clubs, it was a 19-point win for Colgate in the first matchup. And then uh, last game of the regular season for these two teams, 74-69. to 69. Nice. Uh, for Colgate. So uh, I think it's going to be tight. It's going to be more indicative of that second affair than the first one. Uh, Navy, since February 1st, 0.955 points per possession allowed. That is number 50 in the country. Uh, and they're inside the top 25 at two-point percentage D as well. In fact, hell, they're inside the top five. 39.9% is all they have allowed during that span. Colgate, man, they really like to jack the threes. Uh, no question about that. And they shoot it at a... Uh, balls out clip, 42.5% from way downtown over the last 13 games. But with everything on the line, you know how a lot of these conference tournaments, uh, you know, typically with the exception of that Bryant-Wagner game that was, you know, 
uh, marred by the incident in the stands, usually they're not lopsided. Usually they are very, very tight and come down on the bitter end. So Daniel Deaver, John Carter Jr., get it done. I'm saluting the midshipmen here, plus the seven against the fighting toothpaste of Colgate. So fade or follow, minus 110 at DraftKings. Yes. Do I want to go with Navy or do I want to go with minty fresh teeth? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to roll with Navy. I, I'm, I'll, I'll be with you on this one. Uh, I don't have the depth of knowledge of either of these teams that you do. Patriot League, not so much on my radar, uh, I like Colgate, you know, man. I do. But but I'm just saying uh, that with the way you dive into these kinds of numbers, I'm going to roll with you on this one. and I'm just going to trust you and the bracket big board. Uh, and I'm going to sit back and drink my coffee because I think there's picks that I probably feel a little more <laughs> confident in than this one. So, sure, I'll follow. Why the hell not? And you know who else is going to follow you? One of my favorites of all time. The Admiral! David yes, Robinson for crying out loud. And with that, stick around for my top picks in college basketball on this Wednesday. Plus, bonus time in the NHL, the NBA, and of course, more college hoops. Number two. All right, let's get back after it here, Lundy. Uh, and we again, we've got a lot of these conference tournaments on some of the big boys uh, getting underway. The Big Ten today. Uh, the ACC started yesterday, and the Pac-12 tonight, and the last game to tip, and I think it's after 10 o'clock uh, Central Time here in Central Illinois, uh, Washington and Utah, and mush, Huskies, mush. Uh, I'm going to lay the un punto, one point uh, for old UW uh, against the Utes. Uh, they are in Las Vegas, or is it in Los Angeles? It's one of those two places where they're playing the Pac-12 tournament. Anyway, regardless, I don't care what the venue is. Uh, Washington's going to get the cover here. Minus 110 at FanDuel. Uh, Washington was an embarrassment early on in the season, but they didn't finish above 500 in Pac-12 play. And since February 1st, a respectable number 80 overall, according to BartTorvik.com. During that stretch, number 49 in the country. And adjusted offensive efficiency, netting 1.117 points per possession. And they get after it on the offensive last 31.7% of their possessions they're generating a second chance now they swept the Utes uh, did the Huskies in the regular season 74 to 68 and in a double OT heart stoppers 77 to 73 but you look at Utah uh, they are overly generous defensively finished the Pac-12 regular season number 11 and adjusted offensive efficiency. So with Washington on an upward swing and given the general mediocrity, just a bland team in general with Utah, I think UW secures the win in the opening act of the Pac-12 conference tournament. So fade or follow, uh, the men in purple uh, laying the point against Utah minus 110 at FanDuel. Uh, I'm jumping on this one because, first of all, uh, if you look at DraftKings, they actually have this off the board at the moment. Oh, uh, really? so the fact Interesting. That, so the fact that FanDuel has this uh, posted, uh, please take it, and please take it before they realize that Washington should be a heavier favorite uh, than they are. You talked about their uh, the inefficiencies that Utah has. Washington leads the Pac-12 in steals. Um, this mm, is a team that yeah. will get in and take the ball away from you. They they wreak some havoc on defense, and I think that is something that Utah like like I could see Utah having uh, a pretty absurd number of turnovers potentially in this game. I think Washington is just going to be a pain in their ass the entire forty minutes. They've already beaten them twice. You talked about that double overtime uh, game that they had. Uh, Terrell Brown Jr. What did he have? Thirty in that one, I yeah. think. Well, they got Deshaun Washington. Davis back too, which is huge. Yeah. 
I just think I, I think all of this is aligned. You talked about scratching your head on the Sabonis player prop a minute ago. I'm scratching my head that this is a one point line. Uh, this this doesn't make any sense to me. I think Washington should be favored by at least. I, I think they should be at at least minus three and a half, if not higher. I think the Utes are in trouble, man. And by the way, they are in Vegas. Uh, oh, they are in Vegas. Well, make some Washingtons on the Huskies. Number one. All right, last but certainly not least, let's go to the Big Ten. Uh, we started with a conversation about Russell Wilson, the Big Ten Conference Tournament, and we're going to end it here uh, in the Fade Five with a selection in that league. And I, this is another one of those just, are, are my eyes deceiving me? Like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Nebraska catching four and a half and gets Northwestern? For reals? Yeah, give me that all day long. Hell, I'll sprinkle a little action on the money line at plus 165 at BetMGM. By the way, on the spread, it's minus 110 at BetMGM. You look at Nebraska. Again, maybe they've had a tipping point moment because you got uh, win against Penn State at home, and then you turn around and you beat the Buckeyes on the road, and then improbably shake it up uh, the top of the Big Ten, giving my Finding Illini a chance in which they were able to close the door on Iowa to get a share of the Big Ten title. They went into Wisconsin and upset the Badgers, who had been you know almost uh, untouchable here down the home stretch. So uh, Nebraska is scoring the basketball and scoring it at will. Alonzo Verge, uh, the Arizona State transfer, has been getting himself some buckets. And you look at Nebraska as a whole, uh, since February 1st, number 33 in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency, uh, they are splashing 53.6% inside the arc, 37.7% outside of it. Now, Northwestern is stingy defensively. Uh, they've given up just 0.915 points per possession over the last, like, 40 days, and Northwestern swept the regular season series. But, again, Nebraska is playing with supreme confidence right now, and I think uh, Fred Hoiberg has got these guys humming, and I think they're going to make some noise, not only win this game, but could scare their next opponent in the next round there of the Big Ten Conference Tournament. So, Lundy, fade or follow, the Huskers! Plus four and a half against the Mildcats. Minus 110 at MGM. I like this one just because I, I remember when they announced that Hoiberg was coming back. Um, and it, if, if, for those of you that don't understand, Denver's a little bit of a melting pot. There are a lot of Husker fans yeah, yeah, uh, in are. this town. Um, and so I, I've got some friends of mine that are big-time Husker fans. And when they announced that Hoiberg was coming back, I remember somebody said to me, why? Like, what in the <laughs> hell did he do to earn? Remember, this is a school that forgets that they have a basketball team yep. because they really only care what happens at Memorial Coliseum. Um, but it, people were like, what in the what are they thinking? But I don't know. Maybe there was a little bit of a shot in the arm or something like, uh, OK, coach is coming back. I guess we better play hard because we're still going to have to deal with this guy next season uh, because Nebraska all of a sudden did catch fire and decided that they knew how to play basketball. So I'm going to roll with this one because I, I don't know whether they pull off the upset. I think it'd be a lot of fun if they did. Uh, but I do think that four and a half, I'll take this one to be close and maybe the Huskers take it on the money line. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, four and a half is too many points. And they, they could absolutely go out and blow the doors off Northwestern uh, with the way that they're playing offensively right now. All right, Lundy, it's bonus time. What else you got for me on this hockey hump day? Well, yeah, like we said, there is no humping today. Uh, there's only two There's only two games in hockey. Only one of them, I think, is worthwhile. I'm leaning a little bit. The other game, by the way, is uh, the Capitals and the Oilers. Uh, they'll be up in Edmonton. I'm leaning to the under on that one. Uh, it's set at six and a half, so there you go. There's a pick on the other game just in case you want it. But, Brad, 
The Players' Championship in the PGA Tour gets underway tomorrow, and it gets underway so early on the East Coast that I figured if I was going to throw a pick out, I've got to be able to do it right now on today's Hump Day podcast. So, yes, I am actually going to make a golf pick, and here's what I'm doing. Hideke Matsuyama to win the players. Now, I want you to shop. If you want to, if you want to tail me on this one, shop it around because at DraftKings, he is 25 to 1. At BetMGM, he is 28 to 1. But at FanDuel, he is 31 to 1 to wind up winning. And here's why I like him. This is totally random, but I'm throwing it out there anyway. In 2020, Brad, he put up a 9 under par first round. He shot to the lead. And then the PGA Tour canceled the rest of the tournament because that was right at the beginning of COVID, if everybody remembers. So he was absolutely throttling the field and had a stellar first round and then had his legs cut off because (laughs) they canceled the tournament. And so for what I I think at some point he's going to wind up winning this tournament. So what I would recommend for folks to do, because he's got such good odds there to win it overall, I'm going to take him um, to win it overall at FanDuel at the uh, plus 3,100. So 31 to one. And then I'm also going to back that probably with some bets for him to finish top 10 and top five. Um, so you got the opportunity to maybe win multiple times if you can put it together again. So I know it's really random on a hockey hump day for me to be talking about golf, but I just looked at that and I'm like, son of a bitch, this guy got screwed two years ago. Let's see if he can bounce back and do to uh, this tournament what he's done historically. All right, uh, let me get uh, one more NBA player prop in here and I'll get some more college basketball selections in the books. Uh, Jeremy Grant, uh, that's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Lundy, uh, you know, I, I can't go back to the well. He cashed me last time I featured him on the podcast. I'm going to do it again. Take the over, 17 and a half points. That's it against the Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls, minus 120 right now at DraftKings. Uh, Grant's been over this in four of his last five. Uh, so far this month, month, he's shooting 50.9% from the floor, 44.4% from distance. Uh, he's been over one time this season against Chicago. He's been under in the other, but the Bulls just don't play any damn defense. Uh, they're number 22 right now in the NBA to adjusted defensive efficiency and number 21 in effective field goal percentage D. Elsewhere in college basketball, uh, fading Missouri is usually a profitable exercise. And I'm going to do that tonight. Give me Ole Miss. I'm going to lay the three there. Uh, the Rebs, number 108 in Bartorvik since February 1st. Missouri, number 139 over that same stretch. I understand the Tigers swept uh, Ole Miss in the regular season. Uh, but this Mississippi offense has really come alive. Our last 40 days, number 51 in college basketball. And adjusted offensive efficiency. Uh, Missouri, uh, over that same span, not exactly putting the ball through the hoop with much consistency. Number 298 in effective field goal percentage offense. So, again, uh, Kermit Davis and company, minus three. I will lay that against Mizzou. And then one more. Let's get a parlay play in, shall we? And this is a plus 276. Three-legger money line. Give me St. John's over DePaul. Give me Arizona State over Stanford. And give me Penn State over Minnesota. Uh, you look at the Johnnies, uh, number 41 overall on Torvik over the last 30 days. And they're really defending, giving up to 0.944 points per possession. They'll get it done against the Blue Demons. Meanwhile, talk about defense. Arizona State, number five in adjusted defensive efficiency in the nation over the last 10 games, giving up just 0.885 points per possession. Uh, they will chop down the tree of Stanford there. And then Penn State going up against a very forgiving defense 
of Minnesota. The Golden Gophers give it up 38.4% from distance. Whole lot of dread. Whole lot of Lundy. And the Nittany Lions have really been defending in their own right quite well. So, again, St. John's, Arizona State, Penn State, all three of those win straight up. Uh, UCash at plus 276. And I put that together, by the way, at BetMGM. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fade the Always podcast. Drop us a rating and a review. Would you kindly follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Cuevos. And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.